It's the State of Gaming Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. It's the State of Gaming Podcast from PopZara.com. That's right. It's the State of Gaming. It's our mini podcast where we talk about everything that's going on in the world of games. That means digital. That means physical. That means everything that you can put your grubby little hands on. This is Nathan Evans, managing editor of PopStar.com. Back once again, and in the background, waiting in the lurch, is none other than senior gaming editor from PopZara, Mr. Corey G-Man Gallagher. Corey, welcome back. You know, I have never waited in the lurch before, but it's kind of sticky and warm back here, so I think I'm going to come on out. Oh, you know what? Like, five of those things we just said are innuendos. Yep. And with that, this has been great, everybody. See you next week. No, uh, welcome back. We are talking about the state of games for the month of November 2020. That means the big, this is the megaton. This is Christmas, Hanukkah. This is Ramadan. This is all the religions put together for the gaming world. You know this. This is the year, this is the month when all the big stuff drops all at once. Well, most of it anyway. And it's a big smorgasbord. And I think the list that we're going to talk about kind of reflects that a little bit, but Let's just go and talk about formats, Corey. So what we usually do is we talk about all the big stuff coming out this month that you can buy either right now or very soon. Then we talk about numbers. That means we talk about the NPD where we talk about what sold last month because last month's news today. And then we talk, we wrap it up with everything else. Um, I think this is going to be fun. This is the last one before the holiday season. So uh, in lieu of a shopping guide, which we do not do, uh, you can listen to this, and if you need to make a decision, I think you're going to find something here. So bookmark this, listen to it often, share it with your friends, and yeah. And if you don't like it, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. So, yep. okay, you ready to get going? So what's what's going on in November 2022? 2022? Oh, Sorry. Man, way too much, actually. Ooh. So the first, and you know, I don't know, I can't even say it's the biggest game. It's just the first game. There's so many big ones here. Um <laughs> The first game we're going to talk about is a sequel to a long-running series of fabulous titles that people have loved for years and years and years. Which game are we talking about? Uh, we are talking about Atari. No, we, no, we'll talk about Atari later. So you were talking about the Sadness Simulator itself. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Sonic Frontier. No, I'm talking about God of... <laughs> no, I'm talking about Pokemon. I'm talking about Pokemon There's Scarlet a lot. and Violet. We're talking about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet first because we are recording this <laughs> on the evening before that game comes out. You bait and switched me. Yep, I sure yeah, did. you did. Yep. Pokemon, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So there's a lot to say about this one. Uh, first off, you know, new Pokemon generation comes out. Everybody's always super excited. Uh, this is the third, fourth Pokemon game on the Switch. Uh, we previously had Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, that's Generation 8. We had a remake of Generation 4 in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. We had a kind of a side game in Pokemon Legends Arceus. And that game, Arceus, provided kind of the blueprint for what we are seeing now with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, or Pokemon Generation 9, as the fans would call it. I did not understand about 52% of what you just said, and that hey, makes you know, me that, really happy. I had to think about that. That totally happens. It's not like you run a video game site or anything. No, I know. It's just, it, Pokemon has just been around so long. It's gone through so many permutations, so many iterations. And would you say that besides the Game Boy, would you say that the Switch has been host to a lot of big moments for the franchise? 
Big moments is certainly one way to put it. Um, there's been some weird moments. Let's go with that. We've mm -hmm. definitely seen the return of Pokemon Snap. We've seen a Pokemon MOBA in the form of Pokemon Unite in the Switch. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sword and Shield was kind of divisive, but I think, generally speaking, the fan base is kind of settling on, nah, this is pretty good, actually. Scarlet and Violet, though, which, you know, like we managed to play a little bit of a preview of it before. Mm -hmm. uh, I got a taste of it. And let me tell you, it's something to be excited about. It is, a, it is an open-world Pokemon game. It's kind of like Pokemon meets Breath of the Wild. Everything is meets Breath of the Wild now. Have you noticed that? Like, that's the new... What's that, what's that word? Huckleberry. It's like, everything well, you know, is my Huckleberry. I mean, you know, new game comes out, kind of redefines how we experience games. You, you kind of think that's going to happen, and lo and behold, it did. That's true. I mean, that's true. But I will say this. I have no comment on two games that I, I probably will never play. But I do ask one thing as the audience. We've talked about this before, and I mentioned this before we recorded. Apparently, and this is not an advertisement because we're going to get into this in a minute. This is one of those games that sort of uh, crept onto the interwebs in darker places. Yes, it and, did happen. And we've seen this happen a lot with recent Switch titles. I won't name any other ones. But you see people people you should expect would know better basing their opinions. And from what I understand, um, you should not be basing your opinions of a final game based on an unreleased bootleg. So, yeah, one thing that uh, one thing that people will often forget, especially when they're reading these early reviews, is the fact, and it really is a fact now, that a whole lot of games go through what's called a day one patch. Um, essentially, the, when these games are released or sent to press, uh, they're not actually finished yet. They have to go out and produce all the physical copies of these games, but the final bug fixes and such aren't actually in there yet. So if you somehow manage to experience or read about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet in advance, then know that you are reading about these games without their final fixes and patches introduced. And in many cases, that can be a pretty significant big deal. Yeah. And again, that's not necessarily to promote a game that might be broken. It's just that specifically with emulators, they're not always tailor-made to run these games correctly. That is also true. And uh, and I, as a side note, um, thanks to you, Corey, we finally have a review of the Steam Deck on the console. The Steam Deck, which is a fantastic emulation machine. It ah. plays Steam games, but let's be real, the main reason you probably <laughs> want to buy one is because it will emulate everything. Well, we'll talk about that later. I will, I will say this, just to close this out. Um, um, Valve got in themselves in a little trouble because when they put a little video of the Steam Deck, was it last month? Whoopsie, uh, there was a little screenshot of a Nintendo Switch emulator running on the Oopsie thing. Oopsie doodle. Yeah, that was not intentional at all. Like, you don't need to buy a Switch. Buy our console. It's two for one. Yeah, that didn't happen. Absolutely. So moving forward, we have another big-name game from a long-running franchise. Mm -hmm. It's Sonic Frontiers. I see what you're doing here. So <laughs> I see what you're doing. You, know, you can't see it, audience, but I can see it. I can see it. So... Speaking of games that are bootleggable, they should not be bootleggable. So Sonic Frontiers, speaking of games that were compared to Breath of the Wild that should not be compared to Breath of the Wild. Sonic Frontiers is Breath of the Wild, but you're playing a Sonic. Yep. Uh, that's yeah. what it is, really. Um, I, I have to say, I'm not usually a big fan of Mr. the Hedgehog. I've tried a bunch of his games. You see me write about them. And they're generally pretty okay, but they're definitely not the kind of thing that gets me going. It doesn't get that dopamine flowing. But let me tell you, Sonic Frontiers is rock solid it is fantastic i i this might be the best sonic game since probably generations haven't played it gonna play it soon the game is divisive though let's just say that it's very divisive but then again you know, it is funny. a 3D. i actually think i, I think mm. now that it's been out it's probably not really that divisive anymore i think generally speaking people like it well i don't know I, we'll see how it responds i will say this though the sonic fandom online is second only to beyonce 
as far as like fervent fans as we both have experienced. That's so true. I, didn't didn't one all almost stab you at one point? Uh, actually, you're half right. You're not. You're not. You're not lying. But I will say this though. Uh, but going back to Sonic games, uh, let's just be clear. You have two D Sonic games. You have three D Sonic games, and they're kind of like kissing cousins. Like they they, yes. they meet at the family reunion, but that's about it. And I know with Sonic Frontiers, a lot of the the foo came from the fact that it looked like Breath of the Wild, and people were, were unimpressed. I will say this though: I got a question for you, and we can move on from it. Sure. Um, there have been, you know, we've seen videos and everything, and it looks like the game is very interesting visually, and in the fact that it looks clean, but it looks, I don't want to say broken, but it doesn't look as polished as you'd expect a next gen sort of game to be. And I know people talk about pop in, pop in, pop in, but you and I have talked about this before, and I just want to ask. This game runs on what PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, everything. Apparently, the Switch yes. version is not very good. Let's and just yeah, that. let's. Uh, I know where you're going with this, yeah. and I want to tie it into the next yeah. game we talk about. Actually, sure. You know, I'm talking about the word "poppin." Yes. You, you have a game that that runs very consistently inconsistent on everything, which leads me to believe it has nothing really to do with the hardware. It has to do with you know being able to program well and for the for the console. And so you're telling me, you're telling this audience right now, Corey, hand on heart, hand on the Bible. Mm-hmm. The pop-in doesn't matter to you. So I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but I'm going to say I played this on the PC, and mm-hmm. I have to admit it hasn't really – either it hasn't bothered me or I haven't noticed it, one or the other. But I will say we can actually lead this in real mm-hmm. quick to our discussion of the next game, which is not Yay. a big game from a long-running franchise. Uh, this game is Harvestella, and I want to mention this one in relation to what you just talked about. We're moving things again, mm-hmm. uh, because it runs into the same issues that I think Sonic Frontiers does, which is the fact that at this point, I, I hate to say this guy, I love the console. I think things being on the Switch is starting to bring them down a little bit. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, you're, you're asking, not only, you're, you, the age of the hardware doesn't matter. It's the power of the hardware upon its release. It was already outdated. Correct. You know, and, the issue, and the issue isn't so much that they're on the Switch and the Switch runs them poorly. It's that in order to make them run on the Switch at all, it's affecting how they're designed. And exactly. No, that's exactly true. And I, I do want to talk about that when we definitely talk about the next game, which is definitely staying in the position it's at. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Harvestella... Uh, Harvestella is basically similar to Rune Factory, which is a Harvest Moon kind of game with farming combined with sort of JRPG, action RPG sort of thing. I guess you could uh, think about Kingdom Hearts, maybe a little bit of Zelda, something like that. Uh, It is good. Uh, There's not a lot to say about it. Basically, the description I just gave you is exactly what it sounds like. There's a lot of text, a lot of fun dialogue, a lot of characters you're going to be interested in, a bunch of classes you can play as. Um, But the really important thing about Harvestella in relation to our other games here is the fact that as a Switch game... Uh, and it feels like it's a Switch game first and foremost. It feels mm-hmm. like they thought about making a game that would run the Switch, and then all the other platforms kind of came second. Um, it, it's a game that's about looking good. It's a game about really nice graphics, and it does look nice, but you can't help but shake the feeling that if it wasn't on the Switch and it had more space to roam in development, that it'd look even better. And that that's inescapable. You can't avoid it. I mean, you, I mean, we're almost at the point that we can say that about any title that with ambition. Yeah. Like, even Nintendo's own titles. And Lord knows you're not going to see Mario Odyssey on the PlayStation. But Yeah. So it's you're going to have to hope and dream for something that's never going to happen. It's not like God of War. God of will, War, which yeah. is the next game we're talking Woo. about, that's actually very relevant, too, to the same point we're trying to make, which is that God of War was developed specifically for the PS5. Well, I don't know. Um, uh, that's what I want to get to you. Is there a PS4 version? There is a PS4 version. In okay, fact, never mind then. No. Um, so, well, you'd be, you, you'd be okay for not... 
knowing that sometimes, even though you are a senior games that are of a high profile, Ooh, you know, oh, 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 turning it back around. You on know me. what I mean? Like, you know, even right. though millions of people re rely on your learned opinion. No, no. But the truth of the matter is, is Sony would like you to believe there is no God of War on the PS4 or whatever. It's only for the PS5. It's a right. pack and title now. You got to, you have to, it's never coming to PC. It's only PlayStation 5 is what Sony would like you to believe. Not true. Not true. Um, I don't like mentioning them, but I will. Uh, our good buddies over at Digital Foundry did a very exhaustive side-by-side. -side, and I got to tell you something. Um, the game looks identical on the PS4 as it does the PS5. Does it's, it really? Yeah, it's really crazy. The same thing, <clears throat> same thing happened with Gran Turismo 7. Same thing happened with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, you're getting parity between old hardware and new hardware. And I think it's because these games are developed primarily for the, for the most extensive fan base, which is... Right. I mean, honestly, Corey, because right now it's yeah. still hard to get a PS5. I, I still have legally, people ask me on legally or safely, it's hard to get a PS5. Yeah, people people still ask me several years in, where do I get a PS5? I know you have one. Yeah, I, like I, I, bought a, I bought it out of the back of somebody's car. Like, yeah, well, we got lucky too. I mean, you really have to like brute force your way into getting one. But you look at what Sony's been doing, and it's clear that the development is parallel between last gen and, and this gen. Like you said with the Switch, you have games that are developed for Switch first, which is, you know technologically speaking, eons behind this new hardware. And it's still fine for what it is. But, I mean, your new iPhone is 10 times more powerful than a Switch. And there's no way around that. So, right. but, go, but God of War, like, you've been playing it. You, you yeah, like I've been it. playing it. Uh, strikes me most closely to uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn sequel. Uh, squeakwool. 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 Uh, Horizon Forbidden West uh, that we played uh, earlier this year. Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of stuff this year. Um, reminds me a lot of that. It's this big open worldy kind of game, a lot of stuff to do. Only complaint that I have had so far, and I haven't beaten anything yet, so we're just stick with me. You'll get a review sooner or later. Um, is that the characters tend to spoil the puzzles? And yeah, I heard, I, I heard about. I heard the companions. Is that it? Yeah, it's a pain in the butt. The characters yeah. will see you working on a puzzle, and they'll just tell you how to do it. Like, like not even on. like you've been here for five minutes trying to solve this. This is literally you have encountered a puzzle. They will tell you the answer. Well, isn't that the next evolution of a lot of Sony stuff? Because not to not to poo poo Sony, but you have things like Uncharted. You have you know some franchises that they've been responsible for, like Days Gone, and they really want you to see the cinematics of it. Like right. like you press forward and you move. You've called them walking simulators before. But, but the fact of the matter is, like, gameplay seems to sometimes be an obstacle into the spectacle. Like, you yeah, want to see... Yeah, that's not really... I mean, don't get me wrong. The gameplay in God yeah. of Ragnarok is fantastic. But mm -hmm. there definitely is a sense that they want to keep you progressing. And if you're stuck too long in a puzzle, you might stop playing. And if you stop playing, maybe you won't buy their DLC when that inevitably comes out, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, and that is a, that is a fine line that a lot of games straddle. Like, like do you dumb it down so much where you, you have to be hardcore? I mean, you could be an idiot and pass it or is the game going to basically play itself which right. some games do by the way now some games do play themselves as a sequel though for the 2018 what's your snapshot opinion of god of war ragnarok so i will say with a little bit of thankfulness in my voice that we seem to have moved away a bit from the dad game mm -hmm. uh but sad if dad. you were yeah if, if you were really into the whole sad dad game thing uh here it is we have more of that for you got some real game of thronesy kind of things like a bunch of lines that are definitely meant to be quoted by the fan base et cetera, et cetera. you know how you can uh i don't really know how to phrase this you can tell when a game has been made to kind of pander to its online fan base mm -hmm. and you get a little bit of sense that i got to war ragnarok for sure because there's lines that 
they're going to get memed, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to go on Twitter and so on and so forth. And it really, that's all I'm complaining about. The game itself is fantastic. It's first party Sony, runs on their fancy new system, looks great, plays great. You should play well, it. Don't worry about my nonsense. As long as there's not a scene when Kratos says, this is America's ass, then I think the fan service can, you know, we can deal with it. That's probably a reference that I don't get, but references that I do get. <laughs> uh, Tactics Ogre Reborn is a game yeah. that exists now. You can get it on a whole bunch of platforms. I played it on Steam. Exciting. Um, this is a remake of a Super Nintendo game. That, uh, sorry, I, I gotta go. I gotta go reverse order. Tactics Ogre Reborn <laughs> is a remake of a PSP game, which itself is a remake of a PS1 game, which itself is a remake of a Super Nintendo game. You know what? In all that chain of command, I actually first thought the game was a remake of Ogre 64. You remember? So that would that would be nice if they ever did it. But they yeah, didn't. I was um, excited about the, that. It is in the same series. So this game is fantastic. If you like Final Fantasy Tactics, you're going to love it. Um, a lot of customizable characters, a lot of strategy RPG action. You can kind of dip your feet in, dip your feet, your face, or whatever into branching storyline paths. That's pretty cool. Uh, just lots of stuff to do. Really well put together. Has fantastic voice acting. Um, it's written in this kind of Shakespearean, uh, Shakespearean <laughs> dialect, so everybody's just hamming it up constantly in the English voice track. It's great. I love it. Very good game. Worth looking at. However, comma, if you end up liking it, you can actually go back, find the PSP game, play it in some entirely legitimate means, use the One Vision mod, which creates a version of this game that is basically like if, if you had two different teams making the same game, how would they have done it? It's really cool, trust me. One Vision Mon, take a look. Uh, next game, though, uh, is the continuation of a long-running series with many fans. That is true. This is a surprisingly smash hit. So Yeah, yeah. No, this has actually done really well. So you guys might remember, I believe it was it might have been two years ago, the Dark Pictures Anthology released its first game. That was called Man of Madon. And it was about a bunch of people on a ship, and spooky stuff starts happening. And then, later, they released a sequel. It was called Little Hope. It was about a bunch of people go to a spooky town, and spooky stuff starts happening. Then they released a third game, and it was called House of Ashes. And a bunch of people go to a tomb. Spooky stuff starts happening. Finally, we have what I believe is the last entry in the first Dark Pictures anthology. It's called The Devil in Me. Mm -hmm. And it's about a bunch of people go to a psychiatric hospital, I believe, and spooky <laughs> stuff starts happening. Well, yeah, that's what happens in psychiatric hospitals. I, I believe that's what happens. I haven't actually looked too deeply into what happens in this one, but I will talk about the idea of the uh, concept as a whole because they're all basically very similar, similar games. Uh, you and ideally your friend or your enemy, or your partner, or your other personality. We'll play these games in co-op, and they're kind of a... not quite walking simulators. You know, there's quick-time events, you make decisions, you look for stuff, but they have a, this lasting consequence system, so characters can die, they can survive, they can be horribly maimed. Uh, if you played Until Dawn, it's kind of like that, but you're playing in co-op. You know, it's funny. It reminds me when I looked at this, a lot of people have said Stranger Things, but I don't think so. I think... Um, Having never seen Stranger Things, couldn't tell you. Well, if you've seen Goonies, if you've, ah. <laughs> if you've seen Goonies, Stand By Me, or any 80s movie featuring, like, mixed match uh, prepubescence fighting evil, same thing. I see. But um, it reminds me of... Do you remember the early aughts, the early 2000s, when everything was urban legend, <clears throat> you know, Jeepers Creepers, uh, goodness gracious, all those, like, teen death, like, Final Destination movies, where right. a bunch of teens start off, some mythological Candyman-type enemy comes, and one by one they get plucked off, right? Yes. 
Is that what the Dark Pictures is like? Yeah, that, that's pretty much what you're thinking about. It's not yeah. with kids necessarily, but it's the same idea. Well, teenagers. I mean, like, because you're going to see some nudity at some point in those movies. Like, you don't, you, you wouldn't see nudity in Stranger Things. Well, right. You never know. So absolutely. Anyway, it's cool. Uh, if you like the old ones, you're going to like this one. Please take a look. Let me know what you think in the comments below. Uh, <laughs> oh, next, goodness. subscribe and like. Yeah, Hashtag. exactly. So next up is a game that wasn't really on my radar until I mm. saw we were going to talk about it, and I looked it up, and now it is on my radar. Uh, Danny Trejo presents <laughs> Evil West. Oh, goodness. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Goodness. Is it Trejo? Tre- Trejo? Trejo. Danny, yeah, didn't, you anyway, play Far Cry, didn't you play Far Cry 6? I did. I was about to say, it's the dude from Far Cry 6. He uh, he cooks some meat while you protect, I think, his iguana pal, and you fight a bunch of dudes, etc., etc. Danny Trejo, Danny Trejo has the most awesome career trajectory in Hollywood history. What Start, about Keanu Reeves? No, no, no. He started off as a hardcore felon in prison, and now he's doing Muppet movies. Well, that is true that Keanu Reeves did not start off as a felon, but he might still get there one day. Who knows? Uh, Evil West looks like a Darksiders slash a Dark Watch. Remember Dark Watch? I remember Dark Watch, yeah. I'm shocked you remember Dark Watch. Yeah, it looks like Dark Watch, uh, which was an old school game where you played as a vampire cowboy. Mm-hmm. Not entirely clear if that's exactly what's happening here, but it looks a lot like it. You play as a cowboy, you fight a... You fight demons. It got pretty cool graphics made by Focus Home. They recently well, released Steel Rising, which that game was good. It's 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 it looks like Steampunk too. Can we say that? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with Steampunk, but you know, we're never gonna get a straight cowboy game after Red Dead Redemption. Like it's, everyone says, you know what this game would need? This game needs robots. You know, this game needs cyborgs. This game needs aliens. Like they, You know, it, I feel like you can take most games, say it needs robots, and that'll improve it. That's true. Yeah. Speaking of games. Yeah. that have robots and cyborgs and zombies in them. Mm-hmm. They've made a, a third Gungrave game. Yeah, this is interesting. What do you think? I'm about sorry, this, this is actually, this is actually, let me go back. This is the fourth Gungrave game because they made a Gungrave VR game way back when. Nobody played it. I did. I reviewed it. It's on the site. Uh, Gungrave Gore. G-O-R-E. What does that stand for? I don't know, but... Uh, it's not out yet, haven't played it yet, but I have watched some trailers, and it looks like it's Gungrave. You mash a button, you shoot a bunch of people. I think it's got some RPG elements now. That's pretty cool. Um, looks like fun. I like the first two. It's dumb, just dumb, enjoyable fun. It doesn't make you think, and by God, it's not art, and that's really all I need out of a game. The 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 Steam page, I'm just going to read you a little, little subtitle because it's fun. Oh. It says... Uh, a gunslinger of resurrection and badass anti-hero of your dreams, mowing down tons of enemies in a gory ballet ballet of bullets. So, yeah, it just sounds like my day-to-day job, really. Yeah, it's just, you know, 9 to 5. But so, hey, you know what game also feels like you're doing a day-to-day job? I mean, like, toil and drudgery never ends? Exactly, it never mm-hmm. ends. There's always more. World of Warcraft... You know, <laughs> I, I we I'm not gonna get too far into it because that'd be goofy, and we don't really like talk about this stuff. But there has been indication upon indication of the demise of Blizzard Entertainment for like what it's two a, years it now. Se- it seems in, it seems like it's a, it may be a slow burn. Maybe. But I don't know. Yo, point being, speaking of burning stuff, they were releasing World of Warcraft Dragonflight, which is a new expansion to the World of Warcraft MMORPG. It's that one. You've heard about it. You probably played it. I think everybody's probably played it at least once. Well, there was a uh, uh, there was an announcement about uh, Blizzard today. Actually, you heard they're they're pulling uh, World of Warcraft out of China. 
Uh, right, because they have like very restrictive uh, yeah, they had gaming some, laws. Yeah, it's really interesting there. But yeah, like it's a big like MMO is a huge market for China, but they have their own MMOs. Like, let's be honest here. If you have oh, yeah, something no, they, popular, they love playing stuff like uh, I think they play Wu online or might yeah. have been a uh, yeah, just something they, like that. They don't need our stuff. So. That's exactly true. They, they think they like they think they like on December over there. Anyway, uh, point being, World of Warcraft Dragonflight, you can play as a dragon person now. The only one that really caught my eye, I've never played World of Warcraft with any regularity. I'm not a fan. I, I like the games for what they are. I appreciate it. Anything that's been that popular for that long has to be doing something right. But the one that really, the only one that stuck out me as different was the one with the panda. You remember that one? Uh, that was Miss of Pandaria. That came yeah. out a long time ago. And all I thought uh, that about came was, out so, yeah, That Kung came Fu out panda. so long ago that they actually market a feature that lets you play Miss of Pandaria as the way to level your character now. That's so interesting. Um, yep. Full disclosure, though, um, Blizzard has been very generous with Warcraft with Popzara. They've given us, you know, they've multiple access to BlizzCon and everything, so I will say that. And we do have editors on the site that really love the game to this day, and I would never yep. say poo-poo it. Yeah, you know, I, I make jokes. I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to play it. It's, it's sort <laughs> I mean, of like, Let's be real here. But it's like sort of like another Activision thing, like with Call of Duty, which we can get into later. But it's like people almost, it's been around so long it's become a staple. People almost, like, it's still around. Yeah, because it's still pretty good. Yeah, like, exactly. These things don't so, last this long. If exactly, you know oh. what else has been around a long time though, and is old. Yeah, it is old. It is old. Uh, so our first significant video games really were made by a company called Atari, and Atari has been around for fifty years. Can you believe that? I believe it because I've been around for most of those too. Yeah, um, you're pretty. You're pretty old, much like Atari, and I guess I'll get there one day too. Well, uh, however, yeah, when I'm fifty. I want somebody to release a game about me that I enjoy as much as I liked Atari 50, the anniversary collection. I will say this. I've been playing around with this for a while. I know you and I chatted about it. And I, I'm, yep. gonna, I'm of two parts. I'm not going to give you a review, but I'll give you a little bit of it. Um, Atari is something best remembered as an idea more than a, than a thing. Yes. Like, like, for example, like we'll talk about Genesis. We'll talk about Sega and Nintendo. And we can still draw a through line where they're still around or their, their influence. Atari, for better or worse, and I say this with kindness, I say this with kindness, they were definitely the first. And I, and by first, I mean they were the first ones to, to, to put the work in and become a video game company. They weren't the first video game console. I think that was the... Oh, what was that? That was that Ralph Baer machine. What was it called? Um, I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. By the way, I think we have Ralph Baer's last interview he gave before he died on the site. Wow. Yeah, go figure. But no, I mean, let's just say this. This package, this Atari 50 package, if you had not convinced me to play it, I don't know if I would have done, but this is the best retro collection I've ever seen. Yeah, it is. It there, really there is. There's no question about this. It really it's, is. So, and you know, we got to be honest. Like, Atari games from back then, it, it, they're a hard sell. The games themselves, I, I don't know if I would tell you to buy this yeah. for the games because you're yeah. not going to buy it for the games. You're. It's basically an interactive museum. and It's, yeah, it's basically... It's a documentary. It's a documentary where when they talk about games, you can then immediately play those games. And who was it? I was watching, I did some research, and I actually think this was designed to sell a new product. Um, let me see if I can find it for you. Uh, there's a couple of interviews, because it's full of, uh, it's a dazzling museum, by the way. Um, the wraparound package, where you get to like explore up and down, is so good. It's the yeah, best very, I've ever it's seen. It's very, very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Like, even, like it, It's on par with how uh, Namco used to have those old Namco museums. It's very cool. I think it's better. Um, wow. David David Crane and Gary Kitchen. Uh, David Crane, of course, did um, most famously, you remember from Boy in the Blob, and a lot of, yeah. uh, I forget what the, uh, Pitfall, Pitfall. 
but he he and Gary Kitchen have a company that they make new Atari Twenty Six Hundred games and sell them, and, and they're featured prominently. So I think that's part of the, their inclusion in here. But I'll say this, Corey. Like I said, I won't give you a full review. I'll say this: um, it's the best museum piece I've ever seen. The videos are actually entertaining. The commercials are awesome. The information is encyclopedic. Um, the music's really good. The only bad thing about this game collection are the games. Yeah, like and, don't bother with the game. And that's like, a problem. The, now, to be fair, there are some cool games there are from a good. technical perspective. Uh, uh, there are Lynx games. I don't think there is any other way to legally play Lynx games outside of the actual Lynx other than this collection. If that's if you wanted to play Lynx games. Um, there are also Jaguar games. You shouldn't uh, play them, but you could. They're a really poor collection of Jaguar games. Like the Jaguar was a terrible console. It's it's not one of those. Oh, it's so bad. It's great. It's got a lot of nostalgia. No, the, the Jaguar was flat out a mistake. It was bad. Right. Uh, has no redeeming value. Um, you could say Cybermorth, not very good. Uh, you can play Aliens vs. Predator, which has some value. But the best game There's on the Jaguar... Fight for Life is on there. Yeah. It's all bad. But um, the only really standout was Rayman, the original Rayman. And, and Rayman this, is not there. No, Rayman's not there. There's no Pac-Man, of course. There's no Mario. There's no Frogger. There's none of that crap. But I will say this. Um, it does have one game that... You remember how you were talking about the Switch can't handle certain things? Yes. And the best games for the Switch are the ones that are built for its limitations. Right. Um, the Atari Collection does have a genuinely great game that I still think holds up today, and I think the remake holds up. Tempest. And that's, <laughs> Tempest. Actually, Tempest is good, too. But um, Yar's Revenge. And the Yar's Revenge. Revenge. Yeah, and they, there's a remake of it. There's a few remakes of Atari games here, you know, to varying quality. But Yar's Revenge is a genuinely great game that still holds up, and it hit me on all cylinders. I ended up playing it for like an hour. I, I spent a lot of time with Yar's Revenge. I think it's the first game that ever had a story and a comic book tie-in. That is true, and you can read it. In fact, you can even go, all the comic books for everything. Yeah. Like this museum thing is crazy. Mm -hmm. all, the Sword Quest, all the Sword Quest books are present. You can read them all. They're incredibly long. I can't believe people read those things, but they are there. Well, and, and I will say this, though. If you do end up playing this game, remember, this was the, the age of gimmicks before today. Uh, a lot of times you had to like have the instruction manual, which is there. You had to make maps like Adventure, which is there. I actually, who was it? Howard Scott Warshaw. He's the guy who did Jar's Revenge, ironically. He wrote a book a couple years ago that I wrote. Um, if you're interested in gaming history, I recommend looking it over. I, he's also the guy that was the subject of that documentary on Xbox a couple years ago. You remember where they went to the uh, the desert and they dug out copies of E.T. Yeah, they, they dug out the copies of E.T. It actually was a thing. Yeah, he's the, he's the subject of it. He's actually pretty engaging. I'd like to see him do more promotion. But this is the best, It's how do I say this without insulting? It's a museum piece and the games themselves are better museum pieces than actual games. Yeah. And that's, now, that's what I'm gonna say. Now, real quick, also, by the way, uh, Pentiment is a thing. The Obsidian made it. It's playing Disco Elysium. has a real cool medieval art style. You should check it out. Uh, continuing with what we were saying, uh, if you want a museum piece where the games are worth playing, mm -hmm. you can get a hold of the Sega Genesis Mini 2. I will say, yes. So the, we have a review of this coming up. It'll be on for this weekend. Um Here's the thing about the Sega Genesis Mini 2. Um, you have one, we have one, we've, we've, we've been playing it individually. Um, you're not going to get one. If you're listening to this, you're probably never going to have one. They made a very limited run, and if you didn't right. snatch it when you had it, uh, you know, sorry, too bad. And also, that's a shame. It's got Shining <laughs> Force CD on it. Um, I will say this, though. Amazon released it, and they, and they released a very different version of the, of the system in America and Japan. 
And yep. other than that, they're exactly the same. Uh, there's, but the lineup's slightly different. And I don't, I don't know where to begin on this one because I'm not as impressed with the Genesis Mini Two as I am the Atari Collection. To be honest with you, it, it, it's it's kind of weird, weird to admit to it. Yeah, that. the way the Atari Collection just kind of, kind of really showcases everything about the games, even if the games themselves aren't really the centerpiece. It's just something else. Though, if again, if you want games, I mean, this thing has games. It's got Alien Soldier. Yeah, it's got it's got, you know, it's got great games. Almost. I don't want to say better than the first one. It's just more of them. So. More in a kind of a different selection. I feel like this one's a bit heavier on the RPGs and stuff, which is cool. It's got some interesting omissions, which I thought was which I thought was um, curious, uh, specifically on the Sega CD, because the Sega CD is another one of those consoles that was not very successful. But right. unlike the Jaguar, it was good, and there was great. There were many many great games on it. Um, but this particular collection doesn't have them. It doesn't have any of the like full motion video crap. Not all of it was crap. You had the anime ones like Time Gal. You had Road Avenger. Oh my goodness, you had so many others. Um, but it's got Night Trap. It does. That's what we're going to get that on Steam now, I guess. Question mark. It's got Sewer Shark. Sewer Shark is cool. Uh, what would he call it? Rat food? Bonehead? What, what does he call you? Uh, somebody worked on this dog game. Dog meat. Well, that, well, that, dog meat. Well, he was the one they used in the commercial. I was like, you, this isn't a game. You know, it, yeah, it wasn't a game. It was a movie. Yeah. You're watching. So um, we have got a bunch of other stuff in this yeah, list. We, let's, no, let's, let's yeah, let's rush. Okay, so what we're going to do, there's a bunch of miscellaneous. We yeah, don't miscellaneous stuff. All right, let's, let's, let's knock them out. Let's knock Warzone them out. 2.0, Call of Duty. If you liked Warzone, it's that Battle Royale mm -hmm. version of Call of Duty. There's a 2.0 version. All of your friends are playing it. You're going to play it too. By the way, Modern Warfare 2, pretty solid game. Right about as soon. Look forward mm -hmm. to it. Goat Simulator 3. I can't believe... They even made a Goat Simulator 2. Now we are up to Goat Simulator 3. You play as a goat. You got a sticky tongue, can jump on stuff, knock stuff over. It's uh, This is a thing. People love their Goat Simulator. People do love Goat Simulator. They also love Just Dance. Just Dance 2023. Mercifully, they didn't send me this one. <laughs> uh, so I don't have to review it until they do send it to me, and I do. What's even on it? What's on it's Just look, Dance let, Let's just say this. Let's just say this. This is one of those games that if you see this on the list, they're talking about the Switch version. That let's is true. It. Let's just say it. Let's just asterisk it right now. Uh, it's got it's got Harry Styles. It's got Halsey. Uh, Bruno Mars is here. Uh, Kylie Minogue. Uh, Lincoln Park for some reason. What? Lincoln Park is on Dust Dance. Uh, Billie Eilish, unsurprisingly. Of Lady course. Gaga. Uh, RuPaul is here. Of course. Uh, Britney Spears you, with Toxic. You know what course. though? I'll say this. I'm surprised they haven't done like a RuPaul's Drag Race Just Dance. It feels I like you can get like, shocked myself. It feels like you can get like ten years out of that. And Doja Cat, of course. Yeah, Doja of course, Cat. Doja Cat. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, unsurprisingly, coming to PC. Please look forward to that. It's gonna run like a dream, I bet. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes two is on the Switch. I, I don't know anything about it, but I will say that if one of you can take one Joy-Con, the other one can take the other one. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, Front Mission First. They, it's a remake. A remake of the original Front Mission game. I'm a big fan of mech games. I'm a big fan of strategy games. I hope this one is as good as it seems like it's going to be because it looks fantastic. Uh, Warhammer 40,000 Darktide is the third game in the, I guess, sort of long-running series. It never of, ends. Yeah, exactly. So actually, this one is the sequel to uh, Warhammer Vermintide 2, except now it takes place in the future and... You got guns that shoot bullets, and the bullets well, explode, and they kill the baddies. Are you a tabletop? I mean, you've mentioned it before, but you're a, you like tabletop games, right? I do. I, I do yeah. like tabletop stuff. I have a Necron army that I used to work on quite a bit. 
so yeah, I'm definitely going to play this. But what I am actually going to play <laughs> more than this, more than any of these games, maybe more than any game I've ever played in my life, Garfield Lasagna Party. Of it's course. Garfield Mario Party. They made Garfield Mario Party. Well, you know what's really funny about this is that you that? you have you might not realize how how uh, how close you are to being right about this. So you know, there's a Garfield, a new Garfield movie coming out, right? Yes. Okay, starring starring the voice of Mario, Chris Pratt. Yes. And it is coming out. I thought it was coming out in 2023. It's coming out in 2024. So if you like Mario voice, Chris Pratt Mario, you're going to like. Garfield, Mario. Garfield voice. I can't do it. Mamma Mia, I hate Mondays and I I love lasagna. I hate Mondays. Uh, I will say this, though. I saw a trailer for the new Ant-Man, and Bill Murray is in the MCU. So there you go. Everything is everything. Man, we got to knock out these NPD numbers. This podcast is long as hell. So uh, this is the NPD, the National Purchase Diary. They track Mm -hmm. video game sales, including hardware and software. Uh, Our boy Matt Piscatella came on the podcast once. That was cool. Do it again, Matt. Um, He's from the NPD group. Uh, don't trust these. I, I'm not going to say they're lying. Uh, but it's it's the I call it the Miss Cleo effect. It's for entertainment purposes only. Do not bet your child's college fund on these numbers. Don't bet on Bitcoin, and don't don't ever put baby in a corner. Exactly. Never mm. ever do that. Uh, so the PS5 and the Xbox are doing well. Uh, the Switch is actually doing slightly less well because it's getting old. Where's my mm. Switch Pro? It's getting uh, old. And also a bunch of games sold. Yeah, so basically what we do is we talk about the top 20, uh, excuse me, top 20, we start at the bottom, or we're going up. And again, you made a comment, this is true, this this episode will run a little long because it's November, so bear with us, we're almost there. You're yep, almost we're getting there, let's, let's go ahead and knock these out. Number 20 is Smash Brothers Ultimate, it's great, it's on the Switch. Number 19 is Near Automata, it's uh, on everything, uh, it's very good. Is this also on the Switch? Yes, it is. Uh, does that, does that... Probably yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it actually runs really well. I saw a video. I I am shocked at how well it runs because this was originally a PS4 game. Interesting. So and it runs beautifully. Uh, 18 is Switch Sports. That's interesting. interesting. Was this? Hmm. It goes uh, up and down. It goes up and yeah, down. Yeah, it strong. comes and goes, but never leaves. 17 is PGA Tour 2K23. It's golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 16 is Dragon Ball The Breakers. Uh, this did well both because it's Dragon Ball and because recently there was a new Dragon Ball movie. Yeah, new Dragon Ball movie, new Dragon Ball Fortnite, Dragon Ball. If Dragon Ball never ends, it's always there. It's going to be there for your grandchildren. Rock the Dragon. Number 15 mm-hmm. is Grounded. It's a game where uh, – you, you ever seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah. Well, this, yeah, is, this, is, a, this is not a new game, though. Like, I, this is – This has been around for a while. It's here because they finally released out Early Access. Oh, finally. Yeah. Uh, you know how it is. Uh, games don't really release fully these days. No, it's not really a thing. Uh, speaking of games that maybe shouldn't have released, uh, Star Ocean: The Divine Force is number fourteen. It's not very good. I hate to say it. Yeah, I but like it very much. To be fair, you said it was better than the last one. Well, that doesn't take much. I, I feel like you know a brick to the head's better than the last Star Ocean game. Uh, that's mm. integrity and faithfulness, by the way. It's terrible. Don't play it. Uh, number thirteen is Minecraft. It's never going away. Number never. twelve is Splatoon three. That's probably sticking around here for a while. I like it a lot. So does Japan. Yep. So does Japan. I think everybody does. Mario Kart eight. I like that too. Elden Ring. Everybody loves Elden Ring. So Bayonetta three. It's a good Bayonetta game. Feels a little bit like Bayonetta fan fiction stapled on top of it. It's good. I don't know if it really merits the amount of time it took to come out, but it is worth playing. Uh, number eight, NBA 2K23. It's basketball. Number seven, Persona 5. This is here because it's now on Steam and Xbox Game Pass. Does it have a different name? 
Uh, Persona 5 Royal is the exact game we're talking about here. Okay. Um, and we're mentioning it uh, a new, I, I guess, because NPD is weird. Uh, you, you, if you play well, it now, you're playing Royal, it's better. And uh, and just because we've been so consistent with this, um, didn't this also pop up on Switch? Uh, yes, it did. I think Royal is now on Switch, too, which, yeah. again, is very impressive because this was a PS4 game, and here's the Switch running it. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that say more about the Switch than the PS4? I'm not sure. So it's a lot about money. It sure does. Number six, Mario. You remember they said they couldn't run Overwatch on the Switch, and now here it is. Um, Number six is Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Um, It's good. I I, I, I don't know how to explain to you guys that the first Mario and Rabbids game, despite everything, is really good, and this one is better. Like, I would say, if you like strategy RPGs at all, this is kind of something you have to play. It's kind of like Mario XCOM. Very good stuff. (laughs) Number five, NHL 23, it's hockey. Four, Madden NFL 23, it's football. Number mm-hmm. three, FIFA 23, it's football. Uh, number <laughs> two is Gotham Knights. Now, I don't think I've read about this one for the site yet, and that's probably a good thing, because it's not, it's not very well, good. Well, can we just say in, in other news, like if we're going to talk about Batman, if we're going to talk about a game that, that features the death of Batman, mm-hmm. then I think we, we owe it to ourselves Spoilers. To say, yeah, spoilers. I think it's right on the box. <laughs> It is. Um, we have to say, rest in peace, the great, the legendary Kevin Conroy, who passed away, who was Indeed, the definitive Batman voice. Yeah, he passed away on November 10th uh, yeah. from cancer. Yeah, and... Kevin Conroy, who, if you guys didn't know, voiced Batman in the animated series, which is a very uh, shockingly mm-hmm. good cartoon from back in the day. Definitely worth looking at. And uh, spoilers about Batman. Who would who would spoil a game in a podcast and have to go back and delete it? I don't even know. But, listen, but here's the other thing, though. Um, you mentioned... Batman the Animated Series, but he's, he was also he made the transition to the games. He did the Arkham the Arkham series as well. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, no, that explains why Batman sounded excellent in all of those games. Yeah, he's uh, amazing. Speaking of excellent, uh, these game this game isn't uh, it's not it's not very good. Um, I mean, you play it if you want. It's yeah. not. But it drops price a little bit. That's really sad though. Is it from who's it who's it who's the developer? Is it still the same? No, it's not. I think that might be why. You remember? You remember when GoldenEye came out? And it was the biggest thing in the world, and somehow then they kept making GoldenEye games, and they were all terrible because well, they weren't the same developer. Well, exactly. Like if you got, I think what was the what was the one after GoldenEye? It was Tomorrow Never Dies, and yes. it was ah, oh, it's gold. It's more no, it's not. It's a different developer. It's a different game. It's not what you think. This is not Arkham City. So yeah, this is Warner Brothers Games Montreal, who are also they worked on Shadow of War. And they worked on Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight was actually pretty okay, so I don't know what happened here. Uh, they're also working on Hogwarts Legacy, which is Woo. that's an exciting release. Uh, also, Q-Lock is here. Uh, they didn't even show up on Steam, so who the hell knows who they are? Anyway, uh, number one game this time is, not surprisingly, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, of course. Um, now, I have a note listed in the other, but I'll just get it out of the way now. So apparently, yep. we talked about this last time. Do you remember when every time a Call of Duty or a Halo game would come out, and we get those press releases stuffed in our mailbox? Yay, yay, yay. Biggest yep. entertainment launch of the year, da da da, and we haven't had those in years, until Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, um, I got the same. I got the same PR. I think you got it too. I sure did. It's the highest grossing entertainment opening of 2022. Surprising, literally nobody sold a billion, mm-hmm. a, a billion copies. Franchise in 10 days. high too, and I think that's what happens when you have. Um, now, was this on PS4 and Xbox or just PS? It was on everything, right? Like it was on this, everything. Like except, Call of Duty always is, except Switch. So it doesn't need it. Well, I'm but sure they'll figure it out. I'm surprised Warzone's not on there. But anyway, yeah, they'll get there. Hey, so the rest of the stuff in this miscellaneous thing, by the way, is pretty interesting. So there you go. There's the top 20 on the NPDs. A lot of stuff yep. you either have or not going to have. But there's your buying list. So let's do everything else real quick. I just got the Modern Warfare 2 blah blah out of the way. Um, yep. Let's not the rest of these out. So 
uh, right here, we got Xbox Live celebrating its 20th anniversary. You know, I didn't know, but that's pretty cool. It makes me feel old. Well, we got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, of all the things that Microsoft could be credited for, it was actually making online gaming on consoles a thing that didn't suck. Do you I mean, even remember what the what the Xbox 360 UI originally looked like? Because man, it was ugly, ugly. Well, it came well predates the Xbox 360. It was on the original Xbox. That's right. It was called Xbox Live back then, wasn't it? Yeah, I think they're changing the name. I thought they're going to call it Microsoft Live. Or something. I forget, but um, yeah, it it was revolutionary. But I will say this: not the first. Like you said, I I was playing online console games back in the 90s with X Band, which I believe became Empath, Ooh. which I believe became something else. At and you know we had the Sega Saturn. We had, oh my goodness, we had the Sega Saturn. Oh my, I can't even talk right now. Anyway, Xbox Live, you're the only one who did a damn bit of good. And you you changed everything. Happy birthday. Yep, happy birthday to Xbox Live. 20 years. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stuff that is old and cool, mm-hmm. uh, go to archive.org and you can read every single issue of Nintendo Power. You can mm-hmm. do it for free. You used to have to go to Retro Mags. You still can if you want. Uh, but it's on archive.org. Read them all. Super great. That's interesting. Yeah, it's. Uh, did you ever subscribe? Did you ever read Nintendo oh, Power? Of course. Yeah, when I was a kid, I, I would look forward to it every month. Did you ever submit your high scores to get in? The I magazine? did not. Well, you know what? Maybe I did when I was a kid. I, I definitely did talk to a game counselor a couple times. Yeah, I, I used to call them and bug them, and I didn't realize it was long distance. As so. I say, you used to call them and bug them, and you used to pay for it, and that was ooh. Yeah, you had to pay. You paid for it much later. So literally, you, sure you did. paid for it later. And so. Streets of Rage is getting ah. a film, and it's being made by the guy who made John Wick. Okay. Derek Kolstad. This is quick. These guys, they make everything. I think they did the, I think they worked on Deadpool. Um, I think they worked on the new movie that just came out with uh, Brad Pitt. Was it Bullet Train? They worked on Atomic Blonde. They work on all these great mid-tier action movies. So I've never it, seen John Wick. Should I? Uh, yeah, they're all the same, but they're pretty good. I mean, it's Keanu Reeves' best franchise. It's much better than The Matrix. Yeah. Um, they're very they're, well, better. Better. Wait, wait, better. I'm sure in the two, second, third Matrix well, films. Anyway, let me say this: you're getting a new you. Okay, we should just tell everybody you're getting a new OLED TV, right? Looking getting, forward to it. You're getting a nice new OLED TV. You're gonna have a nice sure. streaming service on it, right? You're saying that might be something to watch on it. It looks gorgeous. It looks gorgeous, and it's a lot of fun. But I will say this: um, my only comment on this is that we talked about this with the Super Mario movie. I said. There's going to be a breakthrough, and eventually something's going to happen. And Sonic the Hedgehog made a lot of money. And if you watched it, they have a little Marvel logo, except it says Sega. And they showed footage of Space Harrier, of Golden Axe, all this stuff, and Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage came back to life a couple years ago. It was my favorite game of 2019. Yeah, they better not mess it up, but I don't know how they do it. But and We'll have to see. I'm guessing it's going to be, a, I hope it's like the Street Fighter movie, or the Fatal Fury. Oh, yo, it could be just like the Street Fighter movie. How well, about that? I'll say this. The John Wick movies, um, the movies I told you about, all that stuff, they're they're the best at what they do now, unless you count like Indonesian movies like The Raid or you know anything with Tony Jaa. But I think, is Tony Jaa in John Wick? I don't know. But anyway, we'll see. Looking forward to it. I don't know how they could mess it up. I mean, there's nowhere else to go but up. Finally... Uh, nominations for the Grammys. People <laughs> even still care about the Grammys? No, they do not. Um, of course not. But, but they nominated video game soundtracks. Well, video games have won Grammys before. Like Journey won a Grammy. Um, there's been a couple. But the problem is, is that most music today, I'll just say it, sucks. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're Beyonce, you're going to get all the nominations because it, it's pretty much... Look, I didn't put it on the list, but let me, for comparison, what's the big one with Jeff Keighley? The Video Game Awards? Uh, yes. Okay. 
you couldn't pay me to watch that crap. And also, yeah, it's for Doritos like, and Mountain Dew. Yeah, it's basically all it's. They call it from influencers, and we all know this. And this is not an insult to you guys, but if it, it applies, that it, I'm insulting you. But like a lot of you are fanboys and I'm fangirls or fan whatevers. And a lot of it is Sony biased. And so you're going to have like God of War be nominated for everything. You're going to have Event Horizon, uh, not uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. You're going to have the winners be preordained. You get the Grammys, it's going to be Beyonce. It's not about music awards. It's about, it's basically the People's Choice Awards. Um, but if you look at things like this, like one of the games that was nominated was um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep, which is isn't that just eighties music? Yeah, pretty much. But I think yeah. it's original. I think it's the score they did for it. But you're not going to have, like, you mentioned Sonic Frontiers. Sonic Frontiers, from what I hear, has an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, the music is absolutely fantastic. As yeah. you mentioned. And but what we're going to do is we're going to see the commoditization of things like Marvel come into gaming. It's familiar. It's going to be there. It's that's going to be representative in the Grammys. The Grammys don't matter. But I will say this. It's probably pretty cool if you never thought you'd win an award for doing video game soundtracks. Because um, you're not going to have like Koji Kondo get nominated for Super Mario the movie, even though, you know, everyone knows his music. So That's true. Hey, you know what I'm going to nominate you for? Hmm. Best podcast host. That is true. Finishing, that is true. We are finishing Ooh. up another episode. Um, thank you for everybody who stuck by us. This went a little long per our normal. But again, this is November, right before Christmas. Uh, right before all the holidays so you can literally just listen to this on your drive to work on your commute and buy all the games and you'll be done you won't need to go anywhere else this is your one-stop shop so Corey, mr Corey g-man himself mr senior games mr i'm gonna get an oled tv and shove it in your face yep uh thank you once again for a great episode appreciate it and any mistakes are mine and mine alone and with that you've been listening to the pop star podcast this is the state of gaming for november 2022 uh, if we don't see you before then, happy holidays, everybody. Stay safe. Uh, eat lots of turkey. Don't go to sleep driving because that tryptophan will make you sleepy. And we'll see everybody on the next level. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Pop Zara podcast. Remember to like, follow, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or service.